Hi there guys, welcome to Group Senzala's podcast, I'm Mestre Pedro. On our sixth episode, I have a great chat with Mestre Samara. Mestre Samara is a master from Group Senzala, he graduated under Mestre Garrincha, but he played a very important role in the development of Capoeira in Europe. He's been based here since 1984, and he's one of the organizers of the Easter meeting. Why, you don't know the Easter meeting? Oh, you don't know what you're missing? It happens every time in Easter, obviously, in Amsterdam. And next year, he'll celebrate 30 years. If you're free this Easter, you can still make it. It's going to happen this weekend coming. And uh, it's a great meeting. I took a lot of the ideas, you know, uh, influenced me on, on how I want to do an event, what I consider a great event. So the Easter meeting is... is uh, is a meeting that allows you not just to train, but also it has the, the, the environment that allows you to, you know, have food together with the teachers and the masters and you get to know and there's a party every night. It's a great event. Uh, you know, if you haven't been there, I definitely recommend it. I will be there next year for sure, celebrating the 30 years. I've been there on many different occasions. But uh, yeah, and this chat, you know, Mestre Samara and, uh, had a... a interview with me in Portuguese early this week and still managed to find the time to do this one in English so thank you very much Mestre and I hope you guys enjoyed it you know it was actually better than the one in Portuguese this interview and uh, just before we start I'd like just to mention that it's very important if you guys could register for subscribe to our channel uh, share with your friends send me your feedback your comments you know, this interaction really helps me make this podcast each time better. I hope you guys enjoy it. I share. Yeah, so guys, uh, it's a pleasure to have here Mestre Samara. Mestre Samara did this week an interview with me in Portuguese, and now for the English speaking, we are having... Uh, Samara in English. So, Mesh Samara, thank you so much for taking the time. Sorry, we just had a technical difficulty there, but uh, it's live and learn. Welcome to the podcast, Group Sanzalo's podcast. I feel very happy to, with the opportunity, Mesh Pedro, to tell a little bit about, about me, but me in the Capoeira, of course. Of course. Bom, I will repeat uh, the beginning is that I land in France, in Paris, actually, on 14 September, 84. And uh, as the first one uh, from our group, our immense and good, wonderful group, Senzala. So I was uh, not so experienced as a capoeirista. And I feel this pressure because I feel the opportunity that I could uh, work with capoeira. And uh, about that, working with capoeira, I will already beginning uh, saying thanks to Mestre Garrincha because he says that I could build up a good lesson. I did a few lessons in Brazil for kids and uh, for another type of training that yeah. was uh, natural gymnastic something that we learn in the sports university. So, in the very beginning, uh, as we were talking before, there was already this, uh, 
the, this difference about formality, organization, and uh, in yes. France, like, okay, so you start a lesson, I go, I look for a room, I talk to, yeah. to the organizer, and I enter this room. Yeah. There is no other... No other way. So simple as that. <laughs> the room is free, I will try this time, and I have already this responsibility, end of the month, to pay the month. To pay the, the, the time I'm using the rooms. So this makes you already make a little poster and distributing everywhere and going to the place that where maybe people are joining. So this was a, a good part. And uh, so I start Capoeira with the few also you were we got quite united, the few capoeiristas that were in Paris, uh, Mestre Grande da Bahia, with his students. Okay. In the Cité Universitaire. And there was uh, Mestre GG from Rio de Janeiro that started in November, 84, his classes. That I helped at the beginning, of course, and I started in January, 85. This was the beginning of Capoeira in Paris. So later in the year of 85, I think it was summer because I remember I went to see a show and I saw Sheena running and I screamed Sheena and so he put me in to see the show. And this show So did you know already uh, did you already know Sheena? I know I knew Sheena for sure because Sheena was going a lot to the house of the university students, the cell in Rio de Janeiro. Sheena was living in Gloria, and uh, there were a few guys from Penzala going there. And uh, Sheena at the time, was he a student of Mesh Peixinho or Mesh Garrincha? Both Sheena. Sheena, the friend of Beto, that's in Teresópolis, uh, Mestre Sheena today. Yeah, Mestre Sheena, actually, today. he said that he started, because that Sheena you're talking, is the, he was the, the first guy I trained with in my father's academy. And uh, he was, he trained with uh, Claudio Moreno. Okay, oh yeah, the, all right. Claudio Moreno. But in the, the other Sheena, you, you, the percussion Sheena, he was with Mesh Peixinho or Mesh Garrincha or both? Sheena was with Mesh Peixinho. Okay. Okay. So, Sheena, uh, of course, uh, we became really together and then came also by Marreta, that's my associate in organizing the organizing Easter meeting. The Easter meeting, yeah. So, and of course, lots of capoeiristas were passing by you know, at this time. Like I remember, it was uh, fantastic when we meet a capoeirista. And we knew somebody was close by. It means that we we make organize a room to train together. So there was a passage with Brucutu, that's in Spain. Brucutu from Mexico, Misa, Halil from Brasilia. That we this was in the winter, so we take the clothes out and we start playing on the street was a, a great happiness. So, this, this went fast. 
China is, uh, is a guy that holds numbers, and he says that in the... Uh, I remember he's telling me that in the year of 85, we, like we did 64 presentations of capoeira. Demonstrations. I mean, I mean from... Yeah, demonstrations. I mean, from primary school or particular parties, but also for the TV, TV, France TV. Okay. And, and the Shin at the time, he came also to work with Capoeira, or was he related doing something else and stayed with Capoeira? What was... Did he arrive at the same time with you? Was he there before you arrived? Shina, he came working in a show, in Brazilian show, that he did. Maculele, percussion, and Capoeira, and other things. And this... Fantastic show was one uh, is a common history that uh, the let's say the leader of the group the empresario make few contracts gets the money and disappear. So it's it's, it's uh, only Shino to tell this in details, but he let the whole group in a hotel without paying the hotel and the hotel had to put everybody out and they had no money to pay. There was with Shina in the capoeira. There were more capoeiristas. Caramba, I, I feel so guilty that I forget one of the names, but there was this guy, Renato Tonahe. Tonahe, I know Tonahe, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, a girl, the, the singer, Lu Alva, that uh, became very famous singing uh, Lambada. She was also in this, this group. They were abandoned illegally in Paris. So, China lived in Paris illegal for many years. And uh, me too, because as I abandoned the mastership in the Sorbonne, yeah. you were perhaps 15, that I didn't fall in love at all because uh, these university students don't talk between them. <laughs> Sport University was totally different from UFRJ in Rio de Janeiro. Yeah. I played football. Uh, we were university champion of France, of course, the, the sport university. We play with the other faculties, uh, universities. But I tell, even in my team, we didn't make big friends. And those guys, for example, they were not sports students, they were not so much interested in capoeira. The people that got more interested, they were actors, people from theater, and very normal people. And these people that came in the beginning, there is plenty of them that capoeira came in their lives and transformed them because they are capoeiristas. Few of them, they give lessons, they change from my group to another group, but they are, the capoeira, I feel, is the most significant part of their life until today in France. That's, that's a And mess. I know that Paris today has like more than 400 offers of capoeira courses, wow. associations and so on. That's amazing. Well, so, yeah, as I became illegal, and my life in Paris was not 
so easy. I mean, I, I, I don't complain at all because... Yeah. Uh, but it's also, it's also important to note that that's before the European Union. That meant that if you were in... in uh, illegal in France that you were pretty much France bound you couldn't go out and it was still the the wall was still up uh, uh, communism was still a threat you know Germany was divided and all that right absolutely right actually for example we were I never was alone but we were in the other side of the wall twice to do capoeira wow to, to make a when was that? Not to do capoeira. We We went to make a. We played there, but not. We had no course there. Would be very interesting if we could organize it, but it was impossible at the time. We went just to visit Alexander Platt and to to see that because we organized some event in Berlin. Also. But how did you did you cross the other side to the wall? No. Yeah. How, how did you yeah, do we that? Crossed. We went to a Charlie checkpoint. It's a place that was... Uh, oh, so there was a certain freedom of, of movement, yeah? You could go to the east side and come back, yeah? Yeah, we, we were obliged to change 20 uh, German marks to 20 German Oriental marks. And this was plenty of money. I mean that with 20 marks, we, we could eat and drink all we want and still were too much. So we got pretty drunk in a bar. <laughs> Mr. Garrincha was there next to years, and we met some people, a group of women from uh, Bulgaria. And uh, so we opened the tables in the bar. We did some capoeira. They dance also their folkloric dance for us. This in the afternoon because uh, we drink lots of liquor and coffee. That was <laughs> a strange day. And That's this famous Alexander Platz in Berlin today that became such a wonderful. And when place. was that? When was that? In 19. When was that? When you were in Berlin, I think this was the wall falls in '89. Yeah, it was '88. We were there probably '87 and '88. Me, I went to. I have to check my passport. Okay. <laughs> so, so I became illegal in France, and I also missed something that I was organizing an association. I'm, I'm uh, with this part, I, I consider myself a failure in the organization, or let's say in the publicity, whatever. I love to work, to cheat, but uh, organizing is not my strong point. I organize the other things, talking to the people I'm, I'm going to work with. So I didn't make any association. China went in that direction with ARCA. That I will also work with them. Of course, we were much together. So I became illegal there. I lost my carte de séjour, that's the permanent permanency yeah, yeah, yeah. card, yeah. Just card. So there was a day, I, I, this day was incredible. We got me and China, the last metro to go home, both illegal. At the time, there was a really big uh, persecution to illegal people because some bombs 
explode in Paris when uh, Jacques Chirac was the mayor of London. Of Paris. And uh, I, there was like three bombs, and uh, when the fourth bomb explode, explode in the car of the policeman. So that was the end of the bomb, bombs, and probably they were putting those bombs to to run behind illegal people. And that day's moment was kind of tense. It's probably the time of the, 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 the war of Algeria or something like that, no? No. Sorry, there? So the police, oh. the, the bomb exploded in the police car, meaning that the, the police were planting the bombs. Yeah, because those bombs were exploding mostly in public buildings when they were empty. So there was no dead people, but uh, but uh, all all the guilty falls in the illegal. In the oh, I see. So that was this day. I remember that was a, a, an incredible moment. We we were in the first car of the metro. When we left, we had to walk all the platform to to leave, and because it was the very last metro. There was only me and Shina with beating bows in our shoulder. And then came like four policemen walking like a wall. It means we had no physical space to cross between them. And they came from the end of the platform. We were in the beginning. So we had this long walk until we crossed them. And then I, then I say to Shina, oh, now... Now is our moment, and uh, but let's keep talking. And we keep talking, blah blah blah. We try to, and it's true. Those guys, they were uh, looking at us. We look also to them, and they make kind of they move their bodies that we could pass through, and that was it. We simply passed. <laughs> but the, just this feeling was an immense. Uh, it was a tense walk. So I had a kind of wonderful group there because I I remember all those persons today and and we are few ones I still good friends like Chica, Filidal that became a good friend of all the meshes that visiting May seven and uh, <clears throat> so that, that that you were part of the group that organized the the event when a lot of people from Group Sanzala came in in. 87? Was it 87? Yes. 87. July 87. Exactly. Because I was leaving. Of course, it takes an, took a year to organize. So we get the contact of this organization that was, that was Association Brazil-France. So uh, that was another... Funny day because we had to put some costumes, me and Tina. And of course, we don't have any appropriate costumes. I don't know what we wear, but was, I would say we were ridiculous <laughs> dressing. You have? Do you have any any old pictures with you, Master? We don't have, of course. I, I have some old pictures, but not this one. Not this one. Okay. So Tina had a, this zero zero seven. Suitcase to bring the papers, and, and that was the idea because we really decide me and China, and then came a very important person to this organization, especially this festival that was the French Cati. 
Catarina Benanus, because she was moving to Brazil and then uh, she stayed in the house of a friend. But of course, she was training with me. She went right away to train with Mestre Garrincha, Mestre Sorriso, and, uh, and all the Senzala she met, all the Senzala there. But she was the, the one that could speak French very well and represent. She was speaking Portuguese and French. Then she was very important in the organization of this meeting. And uh, I was already with my plans to leave, but the organization were there. To so leave? To leave where, you mean? To leave because uh, in these years, we were in France, we came. I came twice to Holland. China came once with me, China Kachi and Mahet actually to do a performance and course here. And so, ah, that was the only, the one time. And then we came again with a spectacle. This China and Maheta with a show. Okay. To do in Tropeni, in the, in the Tropical Institute. So I knew Amsterdam, I fall in love with Amsterdam and I want to learn English because I didn't speak English at all. So I was really, I, I still a bit, besides I am somebody that really likes to have roots, that I didn't travel a lot in the beginning. I tried to implant, to plant capoeira in France. So before I came to, to Holland, I organized a weekend that I tried to, to pass my group to China, to leave them with China. Some, of course, they continue with China, but not everybody. That I came to Paris, but then the organization was done. And we talk about this meeting in Paris, but uh, this year of the summer, in Europe summer of 87, was much bigger than that because we had uh, Paris, then China organized a performance in uh, the theater Les Hebres. What was very important to show us, so we had a month in Avignon in theater festival that we performed with amazing success. And then we had a week in Amsterdam. I was new here, but that was uh, the week of Brazilian culture where there were us, the group Senzala doing capoeira, maculele, samba de roda, all that we could do, puxada de rede also, but there was also the group Onde Vai a Onda, o Valavac, Claudio Parafina, o Parafa da capoeira do, do Mestre Camisa, e outros capoeiristas também, that they, another capoeirista, that they also did theater they, and circles. Okay. So we had a house And after that, Paulo Siqueira joined us, and we still had a standing workshop in Hamburg. So that was the summer of 87. And the, our guests were, China chose two of them, no? uh, Tony and Mesh Peixinho, and I chose uh, Sorriso and Mesh Garrincha. Mesh Sorriso and Mesh Garrincha. So they were the four guests. That was super important, a big support. 
in the in the things that went, didn't went so well because everybody also got in shock. I can this would be a a, a psychological transformation. Uh, some of those masses they get in a, a very special mood <laughs> to see all that to see there were money. Lots of money. I, I don't know how they see it, but uh, I'm pretty sure <laughs> there was plenty of money, even in the street when we play in Avignon. So we had a good life. They did uh, an immense support, very much. In this, in this uh, thing about supporting, I have to say that Mesh Garrinch and Mesh Peixinho, they were super concerned. They they had this vision of establishing capoeira and uh, developing, seeing a future. So uh, I remember that time, no, that time not, because that was when uh, I'm missing a part, an important part of the history of our group here is that these were our organization, that there was a, in 86, Mestre Pepechinho went to Africa with Mestre Celso, Luiz Malhado, oh meu Deus, o, o filho do Mestre Celso, Luizão, Mestre Batata, that's in Portugal. So they, there was a group going to, to, to Africa, to a festival in Africa, but then China managed that they changed the ticket. And they stay for a while, for, for almost a week, in Paris. So we did a very big batizado, me and China together. Actually, China had one student, Benedict, but it was the batizado from China, because of Mestre Peixinho, of course. Yes. But Mestre Peixinho want, want me want to support me very much. He want to give me the blue belt there. And Master Garrincha says no because he want to do this next time and uh, it happens eight seven. So, but uh, this for me was an immense significant, significative that Master Peixinho who likes uh, what I was doing. So he also had a, at this moment an important thing is that he recorded. I should find this cassette one day. Yeah. He recorded all the rich that we could practice more was a personal lesson from Mestre Peixinho. I probably, uh, I'm sure I have it somewhere. So this was 86, so in 87, I, I left Paris actually in the Christmas of 86 and start my lesson 5 January again of 87 here. Of course, there was one student that I knew, so my next lessons were, I did two or three lessons without anybody, that I was paying the room, so I came alone in my super room, that was my uh, lovely room for more than 20 years in the Kustrat, yeah. five actually. Oh. So that was my coming to Amsterdam. And how I left Paris, I tried to put my group working with China. And uh, these years, actually, China loved to come to Amsterdam. I want to go to Paris also. 
We make few exchanges, something that doesn't happen today. I was spending few days at his house, he spent a week in my house teaching my students, and I was teaching his group. And uh, Shima, still, we keep uh, very good friends until those days. Yeah, I remember Shima when I... Was taught, the first time that I went... To do Go on. And, uh, yeah. So, so the, the 87 event, it was, it was a, a big success. It was in Paris and Avignon, and you, you guys did a lot of uh, street performance on both, both cities, yeah? Yeah, that was a big success. And also, this was the, gives the idea, because we feel this need of meeting each other. Yeah. So you came from Amsterdam to spend a month in, in France, yeah? Yeah, so we say we need to see each other, China and uh, Marieta, wherever was here, and then we start organizing a newspaper, Capo Europa, that would be an association of a federation. We, had, we never managed because of democracy. <laughs> so much ideas, and it's a, actually there is a kind of work that nobody was good at. Uh, organize the laws to, to yeah time to do that so but but the meetings we start organizing them this kind of little meetings and suddenly we decide to organize the winter meeting that was new years at the new years so we did few ones and summer meeting too that was the the initial idea that's the one we were yeah, in I mean, 19, 1990. That's the one I went with my father when I was a kid, right? You came here in the one that was 89 to 90. Yeah. Passage. Yeah. That, that was a formidable event with 167 students participating. That was an immense yeah. news. Body, we got in shock, and so in that meeting happened amazing, nice things. Like uh, actually, it was uh, Mestre Gato because he saw it. He got uh, amazed by that, and he contacted Mestre Camisa Rocha. That was we saw somewhere, and then he took a plane immediately, and he came. To this meeting, that was, uh, I have few films still to post, incredible films. <laughs> we are, uh, I think they are copied, and now we should put them in the YouTube or. Yeah, the, for sure, for sure. But, uh, so, in the middle of the event, because Mesh Camisa Rocha had not much time, uh, we, we stopped the, all the lessons to meet in a small room that we had. We were like 20 or 25 capoeiristas and masters that were visiting, Master Cobra, Master Sapo, many, okay? Yeah, there Master was some, uh, I remember Cutia was there as well, Duende, no? Cutia, Duende, exactly, Paulinho Boa Vida, many, yeah. Uh, I don't know if even we have a picture from that. But what happens is that uh, 
I let the, the lessons running with some advanced students. I remember Tartaruga from Mestlua. Yes, I remember. Yeah, he spoke very good Portuguese. My father thought he was a Brazilian even. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, what happens is not everyone knew Mestre Camisa Rocha. We knew his name, of course. And then uh, we give him the word, and he starts speaking and showing lots of wonderful affiches from his work, Brazil Tropical. And I remember the main conversation was that that he didn't have to marry to to marry a European uh, woman to get legal. That he became legal through his work. That was professional because we need to be professional. Then he shows all those uh, affiches and is and he, what, what did he, what did he like show? What did he show? Cartaz. Uh, uh, ah, poster, uh, a poster. Okay, they show the posters of the of the the work he has done. Okay, the theaters and yeah. Posters were with those very beautiful women that dance in Brazil Tropical. So we were there, and then he speaks about the organization of Oriental Martial Arts, especially Karate Judo, for example, that everyone had uh, the same rules for everyone, the same uniform and the same belts. That's why this was conquering the world and so and so. And at a moment, he became excited, almost angry, say, but we are like this. Look, you, your cord, your cord. Look the color of your abada, your abada. And so it's totally different. And uh, we, we should organize a kind of federation that everybody has the same so when uh, he, he starts speaking, so, and suddenly he says, finally, what you want from Capoeira? No? And in this moment, that was a big tense that was Mestre Sapo that came with this. Mestre Sapo that uh, died two years ago, a very important figure for Capoeira in Europe, actually because he was a very experienced master. And at the time, he says, what do we want from Capoeira? I want to get money in Capoeira. I want to get a woman. And later, I want to change the woman in Capoeira and get some more money. So uh, he broke it, this tension, but... Making a kind of a, of a joke and... Yeah. So it's important to notice that, as some people might not know, Camisa Rocha is the older brother of Mesh Camisa. And uh, he was already a guy involved in the show business for, for a while. And, and uh, I, I think it's, a, it's a very important because this meeting happened uh, 40 years ago, no, 30 years ago. Yeah. And, and uh, we are still on, on, uh, on this debate. You know, of do we, you know, should we standardize capoeira? But then people that are from the more folklore side of it, like Mestre Sapo, has a total different take 
to things. So I, I, I just find it fascinating, this, this paradox that, uh, yes, Capoeira needs to organize itself, but at the same time, the strength of Capoeira, it's, it's diversity. And, and uh, that's how we managed to get here today. And we just have to find a way to... One thing... I, I don't think that making a, a, a more organized capoeira has to trample down on, on the little guy. But, yeah, it's a... It's a In this very moment, I think everybody was under the impression of this meeting so that so many people come from Switzerland, from France, from Germany, uh, I don't know, all the lands, but where there were capoeira in Italy, from Italy came lots of people. So, uh, and Mesh Camisa was absolutely serious, uh, Mesh Camisa Rocha, to organize, because he saw it in the future. He was already, he had this vision that we could explode. But uh, at this moment, he didn't, I appreciate because he saw us completely independent from everything that we were the guys, but we students, we were completely also connected to Brazil. It happens also a similar case in Holland because uh, the Federation of Holland Sports tried to organize it and we want, they want us, me, Marreta, Mesh Paulão, Vladimir to be the judge who could teach, who could not teach. He wants maybe organize the same chords to everybody. And then we say, look, look but uh, our schools in Brazil, our school is already much older than us. We are not going to change we cannot it do this. like this. I don't want to touch that one with a 30-foot pole. <laughs> no, no, we are always ticket to our masters in Brazil and so on. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, who? Yeah. So it never worked here. These these thoughts of organizing in this way. Yeah. But I think what we did was so good because we had so many incredible meetings where everybody could be welcome and participate from different parts in Brazil, and that's mostly is what happening here. For example. I could say in my meeting, we had a, a big group of Recife, of Pernambuco. One other part of this group is from Bahia, from Rio de Janeiro, of course, I, I am from Rio de Janeiro, and from Sao Paulo, and in Minas Gerais also, because of Marreta, no? not because of Marreta, but uh, he's from Minas Gerais, from the beginning of Capoeira, Minas Gerais also. Yeah. So we meet all here more easily probably than in Brazil because Brazil costs money and time to go. Yeah. To no. have... Uh, oh. Here it's much smaller, the countries and the distance to and the conditions that we can spend a weekend somewhere in another country. Yeah. And the infrastructure is so, better. I mean, so, Europe is more or less the size of Brazil. But at the time, I, I like I, we were. I was talking before when we, the part that we missed is is nice to come back because I, I really think that uh, Capoeira in Europe had an influence on Capoeira as a whole. How he runs events, this format of three days event is something that I witnessed first in Europe. Uh, 
you know, before there was events in Brazil, like I remember when I was 10, uh, we, we got on the bus to Vitória for an event of Mestre Capixaba. But it was, it was much more things in Brazil at the time that was not like a fee, that was not like, oh, how much is your fee? It was like, look, here's the ticket, guys. I'll put you guys in a hotel and you come for the event. And, you know, and there was one day of, there was a hot, maybe on a Friday, one day of, of, of the grading. There was a long time, a party. And then on a Sunday, everybody would go back. And, uh, and uh, the time was never really sharp. And, and so I think that Europe had a really positive influence on, on how things will run. Because now this is how things are run in Brazil. Would you agree? Yeah, this organization uh, of the type of workshop, I think uh, I'm quite... I, had a, I have a big influence on that. On yeah, for sure. And, and most important, the night. Because everybody come. And uh, we sleep where mostly where we train. In the beginning, it was always like this, or in our house. So to have a musician to to play, to make us to dance, that we could talk or show a film or whatever concerning capoeira. So we went immediately in this direction. Yeah. Me and uh, and China and uh, of course Paulo Siqueira that were with us in the very beginning. When, when did you meet uh, Mestre Paulo Siqueira and, and uh, Mestre Paulinho Boa Vida? When were they in, uh, in Europe? Well, Mestre Paulinho Boa Vida was a friend of mine in Rio de Janeiro. I, I put him in Capoeira to train with Garrincha. Mestre Boa Vida, okay? Okay. But Mestre Paulo Siqueira, he was here before me. I think, I don't know, I think he came in 82, I'm not sure. But was a bit isolated in Hamburg, and he had before our meeting in Paris. We met in Paris. He had something with Master Lua that he organized also. At the time, Master Lua was living in Switzerland. I went, I went to visit him three times. He's a very important person in my capoeira life. Master Lua. And that. Uh, there is a moment that you don't need it's more training or anything else. Training you're doing more than enough. Is the idea, somebody that gives a key that you, that for the understanding of capoeira, because it's not logical or in the beginning for everybody, if you are fighting what's allowed or if you're just playing. So, in the moment I started, Capoeira was like this. I mean, you could kick each other in the beating ball foot. There lots of this happening. We don't see this anymore. We, yeah. I think the game, the game prevailed. Yeah. Then, uh, I think it's also a survival, a survival strategy. People, and, and, and this is another thing that I, I'd like to point out that I, I really think that Europe had a positive influence because at the time. When, when I left, for, when my father left to, to England uh, 30 years ago, uh, uh, Capoeira in Brazil, in Rio, was very violent. And, and uh, I realized when I was in Europe there, there were some 
instance where the game also got a little bit tense. But I think is that the students itself, they not necessarily want that too much. And the clever capoeirista realizes that if that's going to be his policy of, of doing this all the time, it's going to be bad for his business because then people don't want to train with him or people don't want to call him. And I think that, yeah, I, 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 I saw how the, the, the impact, the influence. Okay, so uh, in this matter, personally talking about me, uh, because uh, the value of aggressiveness, aggressivity in capoeira was aggression big. Uh, so aggression also was important. People that really make air show other ways. First, to see capoeira, to appreciate capoeira. The first of them for me was Mestre Nestor Capoeira, with his book and himself. So in Europe, here I had very much influence from Mestre Lua Rasta, and maybe the most hard train I did with Mestre Sapo in Zurich, that was a kind of queixada, bunny martelo, only that. And then at the end of the training, I say, oh my God, now we can really kick each other badly. And uh, nothing happens so bad. But then uh, Mr. Sapo says, really excited, say, it, it's not violence, it's the food from Capoeira. <laughs> I remember in, in his uh, Portuguese from Pernambuco, was very fun, but uh, that was... Uh, and Mestilu also says about more the thing. It's, it's, it's the play, it's not really the aggression. So he could play really a, a, a efficient capoeira. Yeah. Was not aggressive. So only aggressive. The movements could have, but the, the state of mind was playful. So this was uh, those guys that I mentioned were very important. And uh, one thing I could talk here endless is talk about the people that I was around. For example, I had a very big opportunity to live uh, with Mestre Leopoldina, to travel with him, to have him in my house, because he became kind of the godfather of our event in Amsterdam. Yeah, I remember so, I was in one of the years that he was there. It was, was amazing how he would pick one of the ladies and do a ladainha for her. Then he would do, and he, he had just like a, a kid spirit and so playful, so much joy and always in a suit. And the way he sang was really amazing. Yeah, this guy, Mestre Leopoldina, was wonderful because he knew, he was incredibly professional because he knew who he, he was. Then he dressed, because he loves it, he dressed his costume. Mostly he plays with all the students, were open to everybody. He was a, a very humble person, funny, and part sympathies, always want to do his best. So uh, lucky us that we had him for and all his histories. That's what I mean, I'm bad, because I travel with him and... Uh, 
so many people record interviews. I never did. He was in my house, I don't know, every year, a week, a month, or we travel together. Yeah. This was an incredible, me, I mean, one month going around, playing harder, doing workshops. So uh, we share everything at that trip, of course. And uh, I had all the experience to, to listen to him to talk about his kids, his love stories, his capoeira, Quinzinho, Mestre to Emílio. So, yeah, there's a, there's a, I don't know, did he, did he tell you the story of, uh, of, of, uh, that he thought that somebody had done a spell on him? And that uh, he sang a ladainha with a snake on 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 uh, on his on his uh, sleeve, and then on the time of the year he he threw the the, the snake on the on the on the middle of the roda. Did you hear about that story? You you remember? Yeah, I heard. That. I will tell one uh, shortly that don't take all the time. But he is like this. All his experience is that with Kinzinho because he saw these guys interfering in a fight in the train station Leopoldina when he was selling newspapers, Mestre Leopoldina as a kid, young Mestre Leopoldina. Okay. So he says, Zinho came there and did very strange movements with the hand on the ground and then he got crazy and started going behind trying to find out where lives Kinzinho. But Kinzinho was a malandro from his time, a kind of light bandit. A hustler, yeah. So, Mestre, yeah, Mestre Leopoldina, his first training, he was obliged to drink two dollars of cachaça with Kinzin. Because, Kinzin, if you want to train, you have to drink. If you want me to cheat, you have to drink. So, and you have to come here every day, otherwise, you don't come. So, uh, after this training, Mestre Leopoldina says that he became so with so much muscle pain that. He skipped one day, but next day, Quinzinho accepted him. But at this time, he was learning that thing, but he didn't know the name was Capoeira. That was the, oh. the thing. But only learned that with Mestre Tuemidio, because he went to see a, a kind of news, of course, but, uh, but uh, when, uh, when uh, he went to see a performance from Mestre Tuemidio, and then he came there, somebody from the public said, oh, this, uh, this guy is a good capoeira from Angola. And that was Mestre Leopoldino. <laughs> and he tells that uh, a performance, he could not do much, that Mestre Tuemidio gave him so hard time with Meia Luz de Compass that he could not stand up. And then he decided to train with Mestre Tuemidio. And this, uh, this relation in between them was never, never uh, so a love story, let's say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Always a bit complicated. But the, now the history is like this. Master Toemidio used to say to Master Leopoldina this. He says, I can give, I can kick somebody to put somebody to sleep. And this guy will never know if I kick him with my right foot or my left foot. And Mestre Teopodina didn't never dare to ask that, but uh, let's say six months that he heard these things. Few times he says one day, 
Mestre, eu sou If somebody gives me a punch, a hand punch, at least I will know which hand was that. Imagine the foot. I will know which foot. And then he says that one day he was playing and fall asleep. <laughs> he thought he had a, a, a deal with the devil. That's what he thought. <laughs> so he didn't dare. He didn't dare to ask which foot was that, but because he didn't knew it. And Master Artemidio also knew. But he knew that Master Artemidio, I think, I don't know, I'm not sure about that, but they were both uh, going to a candomblé, to a candomblé. I don't know if it was the same, but I think it was the same. So he went there, Master Leopoldina, and asked the mother of saints, what happened? How is it? How is the history of Master Tuemidio? And then she says that, that he told me, okay, Master Leopoldina, he says that Master Tuemidio had something with the Curupira. And Curupira for... for yeah, explain to the guys that. Is this guy that kind of protects the, the forest because the guy has the, the foot turned opposite. Yeah. So he he walks uh, in front, but he, he he marks looks like he he's going back. Yeah, yeah. So he leaves the tracks that looks like he's going the opposite direction. That he's actually going. Yeah, and then uh, the mother of saints told Mestre Leopoldina that Mestre Tuemidio had this thing with the Curupira. And the history, the thing is that Mestre Leopoldina didn't knew which foot put him down. Probably <laughs> <laughs> a backwards one. <laughs> No, it's a, it's a, Mestre Leopoldina is, is like, is one of the, you know, like uh, the old Jedi's, you know, like those old masteries that I think it's each time harder to, to, to see, you know, just the way that uh, the song that he would sing and, and, uh, you know, I remember being a kid and he always would come to Peixinho's, Mestre Peixinho's Academy and always with a young uh, uh, student. And uh, yeah, he was a true, a true, the personification of Capoeira of his time. Uh, very... Uh, um, yeah, he, he was a figure of the malandro of yeah. Rio de Janeiro. The way he dressed and survived. He was a winner, a survival, because he Obviously. had a very, very difficult childhood. I, mean, I imagine. Because when we listen to, to him, we don't see, I speak it difficult, we see it just different from the majority, really, not having parents. But he had important people that took care of, as he was a kid. Yeah. To, to sell bonbons in the train and then newspapers later yeah and still he could sing some of the songs of the the sellers the street sellers yeah i don't remember them but uh, that i regret not record to sell baladias to baladakis yeah. always with um, a little little rhyme yes he he Mestre Pudina was was a, a a true character, true true gentleman. Actually, I just remembered when when I was young, and there was one of those uh, Circo Voador events, Mestre Camisa, 
and and uh, I managed to play a, a couple of times. And and afterwards, he came to me and he said something that really marked me. It's like, I really like your your Ahmada. Your Ahmada is really loose and is really relaxed, and, and you know you you carry on. And I remember, you know, just having him to to spend some time and come and speak that to me. It was it was very because at the same time, me as a kid, the the Capoeira Roda can be very intimidating. In Circo Voador, with people everywhere, I was... Yeah, he was he was so much to learn. I think Itapuan Berama did a, did a few documentation of his work. No? There is. About his life and about his game, because his game is a bright, intelligent game. He cheats a lot in his game because he plays... Contrary, he turns mostly contrary. He doesn't follow much the 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 thing. So when you go contrary, sometimes your your speed becomes against you. Only absorbing because he had very good hashtag against me, Alua against all the turning kicks. And uh, of course, he was not uh, in the best uh, in the youth. But we could see how interesting was his game, how playful it was, yeah. and uh, efficient. That's a nice comment that we should not miss here. Yeah, for telling sure. About his the game, uh, quality of his capoeira. Yeah, the quality of his cap. And besides that, he developed. Uh, he developed a particular way to sing his ladainhas. No, he's as a singer, he was amazing, amazing singer, yes. He sings uh, in his way, Leopoldina way, as Mestre Valdemar sings in his way, many others, but Mestre Leopoldina has this stop and then uh, screaming. His music side is fantastic, and the words he uses in his ladainha sometimes go to Fantastic history. Like, I love the, uh, the, the uh, story that he makes that he does a bit of a, like a how says, I yeah. lived a th 10,000 years ago. He, he tells many stories, different parts, and it's, uh, it's amazing. And something that uh, if you, like, if you're listening now and you don't know anything about Mesh, uh, Leopoldina and his songs, I highly recommend you to ask Master Google and see what you can find. You know, Master Google instructor Yahoo. They have a lot of information they can get it now. But uh, hopefully, I'll be able to to talk to other guys about because it's true. He's such a source of information and 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 knowledge. And uh, yeah, it's something that we have to keep keep it alive. Try to keep it alive in, in today's world and now a capoeira environment as well. I was, uh, I, I feel myself very lucky that uh, I didn't record uh, interview, I missed all that, but uh, he recorded a song in my CD, that CD I did. Yes. It's La Nainha Zumbi, Kanga Zumbi. But then he, he has this other fantastic that he was student of Zumbi. Yeah. That, uh, Lover of the Isabel oh, Princess. <laughs> O Pastinho was his contra-mestre. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is. And, and it's... is that you have to uh, 
it, the tone you gave there, it makes it super uh, nice. It's not uh, pretending or arrogant. It's wonderful. Yeah. It has so many, many situations, actually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and he managed to get along... I think in, in your events, he managed to meet a lot of guys from other places of Brazil that really liked him. You know, the guys, the, the guys from Pernambuco in, 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 uh, in, that were in, in Austria or, or Switzerland. And he was so easy to, like, so easy going and, and loved by all the Capoeira community. Exactly. Mestre Leopoldina, if he wants, he would have a full agenda here in Europe, traveling to all the weekends. And he did it quite well. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. Uh, good for him. And he knew how to, incredible, how to behave and bring comfort, easiness to everyone that invited him to, to, to teach. Yeah. The last one, no, is a long history, but... Um, we should talk one day, or could be now. Otherwise, uh, we bring to this direction the interview. Uh, Master, because, if uh, this is a talk like we we we'll, uh, we can we can we can talk a little more. We just have about we are on our fifty ninth minute, so we just about one hour, so we can go longer. It, it's totally up to you. What do you want to talk about? Okay, this would be a pleasure. I can talk another time. But uh, maybe what I should talk is uh, about this Easter meeting here that goes... Uh, I think we are going to survive this year. That's 29, next week. Yeah. But for, for sure, the 30 years of this event will be much more... Uh, Frequented, there will be, we will come much more people. But what happened here is because we're never uh, a meeting from a group. Is that many good capoeiristas they met here and so? It's true. Uh, sometimes we had, uh, let's say, sometimes one uh, one lose the head and make uh, some aggression, but mostly, mostly, it became a nice game. So we see in great games of Capoeira happening everywhere in Europe, but uh, in this meeting here was a great hardest. Yeah, I had, I had some great, great moments in, in Amsterdam. Magic. Yeah, because also the, the people that can be sometimes very tough in a game, Sometimes it's the one also that brings peace to the situation. So we need that. We need a good heart, a good structure of heart, a good reason that uh, that the capoeiristas, they respect it or respect who is giving the voice or respect us, the organization. Of course, uh, one or two times it went a bit wrong. Some personal things or so. Yeah, it's a learning never, process as well. Never. Never too long, but of course, uh, of course, sometimes the, this part is the one that people see and comment most. But uh, the energy of four days of training and party is so good that 
and never broke the, this this yeah. meeting. And and the, and, and the way the way you built it up, you know, this perfect combination of training and then you guys have the shower and then go straight to have some food and and then at the food there is music there is party and and give a whole dimension to events that is very hard it's very hard to 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 do and something that i i really took it to heart and i really tried to to implement i mean more i would say in the last three four years i've been really focusing on this due to a number of things Students are getting a bit older, they have kids, but you realize how important it is this time of the event where you can sit down and, and have some food. And it's not necessarily like a full-blown party. You can have time to chat and meet other people. And very important, very, yeah. very good. Lately, lately we had in this, uh, in the, in this time, uh, time organization uh, we because after training we have food we have food ready actually yeah and after that this party we used we were always showing some films all the films that have capoeira inclusive carandiru <laughs> because it has capoeira in the middle of the prison there oh it does I, I so know. many of from the store about Mestre Leopoldina and small other films of documentary about Brazilian culture, not only Capoeira. And now, uh, since two years, we changed. We are in a school that until we move to Zao Honda, the food is ready again, but we lose some time that we cannot do really the film. We skip it. Let's see how we do it uh, maybe next year. Maybe the film's in the school. Maybe we could start yeah. for the ones that wake up early. from 10 to 12. Our training starts at 12, but from 10 to 12 could be a film. Yeah. That you take your coffee and watch. Bon, uh, but this tip I would like to give because you got it. If you organize a meeting, you train. Uh, our meeting here, our time to train is six hours, but some people do much more. Some people start at 10 on the morning and go to 8 tonight. Yeah, it's, 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 it's too much. Exactly. I think it's a fine line but, of, of uh, having the energy to, to train and then to, to also have a little bit of energy to, to socialize. You know, otherwise okay. it, it becomes... Okay, imagine so that you train 7 hours, then you go go somewhere and they are going to start to cook, that the food will be ready at 10 o'clock. This is a... Nightmare scenario. Yourself, you are doing very bad to your own meeting. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, a, a hungry capoeirista is not a good thing to have. <laughs> it's, a, it's like a keg of powder, a black powder. It can explode anytime. <laughs> I remember I did this like in the beginning I was doing the food itself on the place and I remember I had the Mestre Cordeon here in Cambridge and we were just running a little bit late. People had to wait like 40 minutes but it's like you feel every single pair of eyes in the back of your neck burning because people are hungry and you want to get the rice ready and it's not a good feeling. You got to... 
people have to arrive in the food to be ready and, and then everything flows. Yeah. And also, yeah, give food because it's, uh, it's the cheapest part. Uh, if you control, no, you can only have one plate of But you, you were there in Asia recently, right? You, you, you were in, a, in an event there, Capoeira Mileva in Bali. We had a, a good time. But you also went to Vietnam. And you want to talk a little bit about that, that, that experience? And... Yeah, I want to talk. This could be exactly what I want to talk about. That's growing with Capoeira. I mean, how you to develop yourself as human being also. Because time... I know, I think Capoeira gives also the idea that we are having a short passage in this life. Yes. So that you relax, relax, be more tolerant, concentrate uh, in the good, in the good side of the things. And uh, But suddenly I had this, uh, I want to do something for me because uh, I, I came and uh, brought Capoeira to Europe but suddenly capoeira is everywhere and I don't know. And that's why I decided to make a trip myself. It would be two months traveling. My idea, uh, I went actually to Singapore, Bali with you. That was a wonderful. A week in Vietnam and 10 days in China. So I would go to Hong Kong, to Japan, to New Zealand, Hawaii and finish. I would like still to do uh, California with Mestre... Oh, Mestre, California is amazing. I went there a couple of years ago and I was blown away. You know, you live up to the hype. At least for me, you know. So, yeah. So I, I changed my plans because Mestre Cordion would be here doing another bike tour with Mestre Maxwell from England. And so I, I make it clear I did uh, 33 days traveling. I went to those places and uh, I did capoeira every day, every day, exactly every day. It was perfect. I was well received everywhere. Vietnam was, uh, I, I was the first master in Vietnam. Some teachers passed by. Nice. And they, they, they are very eager. They are not from one group. They are a group of, of uh, radical, free radicals. <laughs> I would say that radicals live. They all they meet to do capoeira. They love it, but it's one teaches one day, one other student makes the training. The other day is a mix of people. So uh, nice. I fall in the right. They give me really a good prestige. I did just a workshop in the weekend that my ex student, you Japanese. Organized there together with an next when a student of Mestre Balada skill. So I, I say I wanna I'll be here the week I wanna teach. So they organized three hours course every day where there was no room 
we did at the park, 38 degrees, humid. So you, you talk, you sweating. So they bring me to the nice place to drink a beer, to eat good Vietnamese food. I had a wonderful time in mm. Vietnamese coffee, very famous. Oh, nice. I said Vietnamese. <laughs> so China was a, a super surprise for me. I, I, I was only in Shanghai, in Peking. I, I can tell I didn't see one guy on the street asking for money. The only one I saw was a Japanese rasta that he looked almost uh, philosophical. <laughs> he didn't look like this, but uh, in the center of Shanghai, that's, uh, I, don't, I didn't realize the size of Chinese. Also, Shanghai is. I haven't. I, I I I only saw some picture of being in the airport, but right. it's it's amazing. The skyline makes. I mean, I was in Guangzhou where I have a student, and the size of that place makes makes London and Paris look like a a small a small village. You know, just the, by the sheer size of every single train station, tube station, it's, it's massive, 20 million people, 45 million in a larger metropolitan area. 25 million people and uh, huge. So I would say I'd like to stay alive. Thanks to Mestre Marcelo Caveirinha that has this group because I want to contact a group to join them. And uh, so I teach also every day in Shanghai, in, the, in his group. We did some performance there also. Thank you, everybody from uh, Capoeira, Além da Grande Muralha. <laughs> Além da Grande Muralha. It's a nice, nice name. I, I would spend days in Shanghai, but then uh, this friend of mine, Marta, said, are you not going to see the Great Wall? Actually, I had no time to see the Great Wall in Peking, but I went to Peking for two days, and also there was another school from Marcelo Caveirinha with Nora that received me at her house, and I teach two days there. Then I came back in the in the bullet train, 376 kilometers out. Amazing. Fantastic experience. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. I've heard lots, a lot about China. That um, wow, it's not. A, we cannot say much in a short time. Yes, it, it, it deserves. But uh, all that I did for me to, and I had particularly this feeling like when I lose, uh, when I left Brazil to come to Europe. Now I was much more comfortable when I went to Asia because I. I didn't expect to people to invite me. I invited myself to go, and I was super welcome there, everywhere, in every country I went. So I feel, what a, one more time, what, what luck, how lucky I am to, to have chosen Capoeira and to be in Capoeira and to love it, because... We can talk always about special meetings, big people, but uh, the rice and beans, the day by day, is my lovely group here that uh, it's my place to train, my own training, you know? it's my group that's not so big, but everybody loves capoeira, and uh, 
So we have a very good atmosphere. I go always without suffering, without effort, yeah. my own training, because also I can feel if I'm sick, like Wednesday, I did a super training, I gave, but I could not move. I had a headache, but I enjoyed this a lot. Yeah. So my headache was over. <laughs> the healing powers of capoeira. And uh, it's... Uh, it's uh, you were saying before when we had the the, the Portuguese version of a, of this interview that how you you arrived in Paris in the early days and and how you 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 dedicated yourself to to really become uh, uh, to improve your musical side right if you wanna just to talk about I think it's very nice for for new students hearing this. And and uh, you know sometimes people make a a big thing oh to learn to play capoeira beating bow and I said look guys I am not a musical prone person I remember the time when I thought it was impossible to clap and to sing together you know but you just have to you know if you could talk about how you managed to to become such a an amazing musician now because you you're a percussionist and everything and did two CDs that are iconic in capoeira today okay uh, that was exactly like this i feel i was a little behind from the people i deal with especially all of them uh, that i was visiting because i was playing a very I would say bad birimbau, because I know what's a good birimbau today, but rice and beans, not at all. So I see China, Marreta, GG, Grande, they were, they could do better. So I, I, I was already getting the birimbau in my lessons, of course, birimbau and pandeira, but suddenly when I was not happy with uh, this uh, mastership in uh, so when I abandoned the, the university there, so that uh, was kind of getting dark in that year of 85. So I, I think the six months I stay a lot, all the time free, in my chambre de bonne, that this small room in 60th floor. The top floor. Without, without elevator, of course. <laughs> so I, I stayed there playing my beating bow four or five hours a day. And suddenly it starts uh, when I imagine something in my head to do a, a nice turn, a nice floreo, so my hands obey. So I, I start feeling good and uh, I never stop that, but of course I don't practice that much. Like, yeah. yes, when I see good beating bows or Different way to play. I really get flashed like a genius. For you that love it, you can play YouTube Birimbao Blues with Jim Nascimento. Oh, yeah, I know. That he fixed the Birimbao glass. Yeah, I and love the story of how, how that started. He asked for a, a glass of water and then, like, he was picking up and, like, and then he started. Very nice. Yes. Yesterday I shared a post in Facebook from Mestre Zelon, from Rio de Janeiro, that he plays a Yuna and then he makes a solo also with a running stone. I don't know how he does it, because he does very well, because it's difficult to run 
to make a note up in, in the chord of the beating bow. Yeah. So he did a super. I say I love when I see a new issue of of uh, of the way Hamiru Musoto plays. He's a musician, but he plays beating bows with Lenini. He's a top beating bow player, an Argentinian guy. We have to to take our heads for that. Those guys, of course. An Argentinian guy that lived 40 years in Bahia. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's great. If you so could share, you could send me the links of the videos that you're talking about. We'll put it here as well so guys can find out and, 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 uh, and uh, look into it. But you also became a, a good percussionist, right? Did you arrive in, in Paris as a percussionist or is it something that you also self-taught and learned from here and there? Well, that was uh, at this time growing with capoeira. I didn't, I didn't, I, I don't consider my, I, I, myself a very good percussionist because I don't practice or study as much. It requires to be a very good, but of course, uh, all those years playing and I love to play, so I, I also have a, a very good feeling playing percussion. No, it's an inspiration even for me because I recently said to my students, you know, I said to them, look, I, I, I'm going to set here three goals before you of what I want to do. And uh, you're going to keep me accountable for this. And I want you to set three goals for yourselves and you let me know what they are. And we will keep, because I have students spread out in many cities and is a way for us to to keep challenging each other so my my goals were to to, to with capoeira solidaria which is the project that i'm doing supporting social work done with capoeira in brazil i we are i i just i just paid the equivalent for 70 capoeira trousers and i want in one year have already Re, uh, uh, given a thousand capoeira trials so that's like a one long-term goal and the other one is i wanted to be comfortable playing a tabaki maculele and being able to sing because i can play not very good but i cannot i'm not comfortable with singing yet and I, it's something i want to do and uh, the final one was just to 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 write down a little bit of the the Capoeira syllabus of how I think is important for my students to train. So this is what we, the idea of to hear from you that you became comfortable with percussion just by practicing. It's it's, it's really reinforced the idea that I should I should do that too, and uh, I will definitely work on it a lot. Mestre, before we go here, do we like to? to give any advice for a capoeirista that uh, is thinking of go to another place and start, or, or to a new capoeirista, what advice would you would you give a, a capoeirista that might be listening to this podcast right now? I would love one that uh, I observe this thing with me and uh, in many of these students, and that is some... Uh, for example, a capoeirista, a student, start getting uh, very optimistic about learning, and suddenly this uh, not this excitement diminishes, and uh, 
the capoeirista, the student, think that he's not learning anymore. He say, I cannot go farther than that. Mm, and it's so exactly important. Very often in this very moment. Is when you are so close. Is that he's developing. But then there is this thing that this feeling, he put himself a little down. Because he understands much more capoeira, he can see much farther, but he's not able to do that. So, uh, my advice is really don't give up. I say, if you don't feel very good, if you're not happy today, come to the lesson, you sweat the shoot, and at least you get uh, immediate Energized. Uh, transformation. Yes. You did good because the simple rule, I think the basic rule is go to the training and sweat the shirt. Maybe you think you didn't learn nothing. You didn't make nothing good. You only played bad that day, but you did. You did sweat. You did the training. The next day will be, can be a period like that, but just go to it. Relax yeah. the mind. Don't, don't yeah. ask yourself to be, to be that and keep training because this will make the transformation. Capoeira open and let the capoeira, uh, that capoeira does her part, its part on you and uh, open. Then uh, it's an interaction. It's not you that's going to decide what you can do, you cannot do. It's together. Capoeira, let it come into you. Open and keep going on. Don't give up because you're feeling bad, you're demotivated or so, because yeah. it's simply like it's simply like this. Sweat the shirt and your work is done. Yeah, it's part it's part of the That's process. Nice. The learning, it's not you're not gonna learn like this. <laughs> you're gonna reach a, a plateau and you have yeah. to expect that. You have to expect that you're gonna find cha challenge and and I like to think it's like it's a Imagine a, a stairway with a big step and you are right in front of that big step and all you can see is the wall. But if you look up, it's, the next level is right there. And Master, that was a great way to, 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 it's a great advice. It's something I really talk to, to, to my students about. Having the right mindset, know that our brain always play tricks on you, always telling you off, you know, to bring you down and you, it's part of the process. You have to just not hear that and, and focus on, that's where the discipline comes in, that you're going to have down days, you're going to have up days, but it's on the down days that you actually build your character, you transform your capoeira and uh, I think that's that's a great advice. Thank you very much, Mestre. Capoeira is a, is a flying with the foot on the ground, with open eyes, is this trance we talk about capoeira. Let it get you, but uh, it's to be more aware. It's not, uh, it's not a game that you close the eyes and you go. It's absolutely, you open more the eyes and, uh, and you still you have this one other thing, another small advice that, uh, also, people feel frustrated with the musical part, but it's worse. In that one, the progress is really more visible. More, you can feel it much more. More you take it, as you, as you can see, uh, 
people get the Pandera and Pandera they think that goes more easy. Yeah. Maybe the Atabak is the most to take the the good sound of that. And a Birimbao is very difficult to hold. Yeah. So it looks difficult. Not so difficult. And Pandera is the thing that goes easier. Even a good agogo. Yeah. Because if you have this conscious that you are having the beat, the timing that all the bateria needs, it's a great thing to do. Great to be like a, in the temple. So all the music can help a lot. Help, helps a lot. Besides, the, another very important thing, if you, if you learn to deal with everyone, you can uh, make friends for all life. I see. That's what I see. Yeah. Because I see, I, I talk about my students, but often they are my, my big friends also. Yes. Yes. Some, some less because of the style of life, but, uh, in, in not only me, it's not I'm the center of that because I see the group of women in my in my group. Mostly they have kids now, but they meet uh, even when they are not anymore in Capoeira. They became friends for life. I mean, yeah, I think that's the biggest the the column of subject. <laughs> yeah, for me, it's the biggest blessing is to be able to have played a role. In people's lives, of you know, having students that met through Capoeira, students that married and have kids, and you know, it happened partially because of you, and and I think that's that's what I take the most close to the heart, you know, the the, the impact of the transformation of Capoeira to seeing somebody, you know, like say a, a kid who couldn't who could barely speak in public, you know, and. Uh, he becomes he becomes a performance, a performer, you know. To go from the guy who couldn't talk, I would come and speak to him. He would go like this, and now he's a performer. He's doing shows, and so it, of course, I it's just a little thing for me. Is what I, I take the most most important the impact that Capoeira has. It's it's a it's a bless, and I really appreciate that. And I really appreciate your time, Ashley. You wanna. Falamazo, uh, you want to say something more? You want to close it or? No, look, uh, the other thing is, uh, I don't know, uh, you know, after a while, I, I would like to say one more thing. Of course, no, the time is yours. I don't want to, for me, we can talk this until the, 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 the space goes off, but care. Yes, uh, uh, coming from a very open uh, space, I repeat a phrase from my master Garrincha that is the the side you don't see in Capoeira is much bigger than that thing that we do and we see. What he wants to say with that is that, for example, we practice Capoeira two, three hours a day, but uh, the rest of the day we are also thinking somehow in a in the way capoeira does or thinking in the person that we do capoeira it means in the relationship that uh, exists in capoeira and how capoeira is doing for me uh, personally developing my my heart my head my physical things it means 
Yeah. This kind of thing that here that you don't talk, and uh, I think we are having a special moment in history in the world with this uh, this media thing that change education. I mean, uh, I I had no nothing else that Pedro also not when you were kids, not a silly mobile phone or whatever. Yeah. Internet food. Uh, so, uh, but can you can you just uh, repeat because you, you the sound broke out a little bit when you spoke of the 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 sentence from Mestre Garrincha? If you could say in Portuguese and then in English as well, please. In Portuguese, in Portuguese, o lado da capoeira que você não vê é muito maior do que o lado que você vê. So the side you don't see capoeira is much bigger. Then the site we see, the site we see is our hard, our game. The training, yes. Yes, practice. I agree. The practice. But the point is how it influences our daily life, our self-knowledge, self-confidence, and through the other persons, because we relate actually in this game. The, the other person can came into your space. You get in trouble sometimes. Yeah. You feel many that, that those things you explain later. You develop. You grow with yourself uh, in the world and say. And I say in this world now that uh, we cannot be completely. I don't know. Maybe you. Maybe I think about that. If, if somebody goes to the countryside and uh, lives in a farm, busy with plants the whole day, and uh, I think you're going to get a very great uh, life outside, not being busy with the the media thing from this world they, that you cannot escape. Yeah. At least in our world, need to use that we have to see the capoeira posts or whatever. So in this. Uh, in this world that we don't understand much what's going on, how who has the power and uh, the limitation, illimitation of the power through our destiny, I think capoeira can be a very strong ally in ourselves. To, for sure, for to sure. Out what can we do to change it for good or try to to really? Mostly, uh, we are difficult to change when we are adults, but we have opinion about things, but we have to get influenced. So, one mention to this uh, project you are doing, and some guys in our group, that is Capoeira Solidaria. That is uh, ahead of even uh, having a political opinion or whatever. Yes. Is to make an, an action of including people of giving some little help. We, I, I know the help we are doing is not that big, but uh, it's the action that counts. Yes. And one small action. O que vale é a intenção. The intention is what it counts. Yes. Yeah, Master, I, I am a strong believer that capoeira is an antidote. You know, if you think about... I know I, I came to this sentence because... If you think about Brazil, a country where, you know, of all the Africans that were enslaved and brought to the Americas, half went to Brazil. 
and how they managed to implement a system where the majority was slaves. How do they, you know, implement slavery? They divide people. They would divide their own slaves by giving different roles against for each one to play against each other. They would teach the hatred of discrimination. And if you think about capoeira, what does capoeira do? Capoeira really brings people together, you know, where where where, where there is the, the, the hatred of something you don't know or you fear. Capoeira has this kind of brotherly, sisterly love of like really getting together and getting to know people. And it's amazing for me to go to places like Iran, to go to places like Indonesia and see how they get it, how they get something that is really ours. And, and, you know, at the same time, our governments, they have the histories to persecute capoeira or to criminalize capoeira. And more recently, at least not, the support has been minimal. I mean, you are a living proof of this. And yet capoeira today is the biggest cultural exporter of Brazil. You know, so it's based on this, on this, on this fact that I, I really want to work with, with uh, Capoeira Solidaria because I think Capoeira has a lot more to teach people of to get through the tough times that we are living in our country and in a certain manner across the world. I really believe that Capoeira is the, is the antidote, you know, is the antidote of all this poison of hatred and, and division. And uh, this is what I... I, I this is what I'm doing in this because yeah, time is a great teacher, right? Is a great master, and I, I, I believe that Cap I know the Capoeira gave me so much, and I, I feel almost like an obligation to to try to to give back a little bit, and 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 connect because I think even people who don't like each other right now in Brazil because you vote for this guy or you vote for this guy, even those opposite sides. They have more in common than they realize, you know. I believe that I I, I believe that strongly. I would I would just say that exactly. Just to put in this sense, capoeira is absolutely democratic because there is some hierarchy. But just to bring the capoeira together, but everyone that's in the order, it's very important. Makes an influence exactly. Like the political moment in Brazil where capoeiristas are very much divided about the political opinion, often in the roda, the capoeira is more than that, more than that, those differences, because we, everyone has his uh, good energy, his axé to put in the roda and to make a good roda. And we like each other more for the capoeira than to the divorce political divisions. It means that we can talk to each other with respect and that's all we need, I think, at yeah. this moment in the... Yeah. So, Capoeira, it's, it's superior to all those <laughs> <laughs> questions, even to ourselves, because the thing is, I'm... Uh, I'm much more than I am when I'm in the heart of capoeira, in the practice of capoeira, because people are trusting me. I'm sharing. We are sharing. It means in the moment we are really sharing and give, and give sharing energy. That's 
you go. I mean, you, you, yourself is a bit in the other, the other is a bit in yourself. Because, not because you're teaching uh, only that, but the, the practicing together. Yeah. We really need, so we are, okay, give me attention that I give you attention, and there's a, the attention goes to everybody that's watching also. So we are much more, we have this, this chance to don't be in ourselves all the time. Yeah. So, so the capoeira is, uh, where one uh, one is one is more than two. <laughs> yes. That's the real thing. <laughs> <laughs> um mais um é mais que dois. One and one is more than two. For sure, Master. Master, with that, I think we finished yeah. in a, with a golden key. This interview was was great. I think it was you worked really well. Uh, this this conversation was great. It's really important, and we have to have more of those conversations. Thank you very much, Master. I love. I love very much the opportunity and the conversation with you, Mestre Pedro. All the time, a pleasure. And yes. uh, I hope to meet you many times doing capoeira. For sure. And, and on the third year, I, I, I will be there definitely to celebrate that with you. I had great moments in, in, in Amsterdam meeting. It was a magical place. I was there with my brother. I was there on my own. I was there with friends. I, there was one that was my birthday, I think my, my 30th birthday I was there. So, yes, I, I, I look forward for the next time I will organize myself and I'll be there. Guys, if you listen to this, I hope you guys enjoy this magic uh, uh, podcast. Don't forget to, to leave your comments, to share with your friends and to subscribe to the channel. Master, muito obrigado, Mia. Valeu, Pedro. Axé. Valeu, Axé. mestre Pedro. Valeu.